Greetings, golf fans, and the Big D is back with the first of my Open Championship reviews. Before I bring in my friend from north of the border, please subscribe, like, and share the Spunky Spectrum Sports YouTube page, where uh, we're bringing out the leather this week. Also, check out the Big D podcast for the audio listeners on Spotify and Apple. So, uh, joining us, uh, the uh, second biggest Jacksonville Jaguar fan next to me, and uh Stochastic and DraftKings Jeff Ulrich, or is he, or is he has changed his Twitter handle for this weekend? Ahoy Lake Maney, not Ahoy Maney, but Ahoy Lake Maney. That's right. With the uh, Open Championship at Hoy Lake or Royal Liverpool, if you prefer. So, uh, Jeff, I can't believe it's Open Championship week. That's right. Ahoy to you, Dylan. I can't believe it's Open Championship either, man. I mean, Fourth fourth major of the year. It's late July. I mean, kind of sucks in a way, but in, a, in another way, I mean, you know, golf is year round. We got the fall series coming up too in the playoffs. So um, I I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm looking forward to this one. It's been a really interesting year and lots of storylines. And you know, the the more I dive into the course, I, I'm actually pretty interested to see how um, how Royal Liverpool plays this year. Oh well, yeah, because there've been some changes. I mean, the, yep, you know. Paul 510th has now become the it was a Paul 72 at the 2014 Open. It's now going to play at a Paul 71. The Paul 510th has now become a long Paul 410th. There's a Paul 317th, which is going to which is going to confuse the heck out of Paul 317th, which is going to play interesting because we've seen short Paul 3s at all majors provide excitement. I meant don't say tell anyone anyone about the Paul 312 at Augusta the what was it Paul 3 short Paul 3 at um Brookline for the open last year. Right. It's a, yeah so it, it they did change a hole but it is still going to play as a par 72. Um so I can't remember why that is. I, if, if maybe they just rerouted something else, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to play around seventy three hundred yards, just over. Um, there's some really interesting, you know, setups. One of the par threes plays like one hundred thirty yards, but it's a really small green. And it falls off into like the cliffs and stuff, from what I remember. Potential. I can't remember if there's OB on that hole, but yeah, there's internal out of bound stakes. That's one thing that really makes it a unique course. There's these fields that jut out almost into the fairway, and if you, you know, so it's almost like they're in the rough. And if you hit it there, even though you're just off the fairway, it's basically an OB. So it's these penalty areas um, that make it interesting too. Um, but yeah, a little bit narrower course than you'd see it in normal open. I think, I think, uh, and, and you know, one, one correlation I made just from the, the scoreboard from 2014 was just, there's a lot of players who did well at the players championship who played well there last year. So I, I think it actually sets up a lot similar in some respects, some high stress shots, but um, also just like a shorter, more technical course. Yeah, you mentioned uh, you mentioned players. I mean, last year's players champ happened to win the Open. That being Cameron Smith. That's a good point. And also, and also, I think guys who played well in wind in windy condition because guys from Australia tended to do well at the Open. Yeah, Open guy, guys from Texas guys from Texas tend to do well because they can, they can control the ball, whether it's a downwind shot or into the wind shot. 
Agreed, man. I mean, I, I think that the Florida players are, are also, you know, um, something to look at, um, you know, and, and look like it goes both ways. Like we've seen Alex Noren, Fleetwood, um, a lot of Englishmen, like they like the Honda classic, right. And they like the players too. We see the Englishman guys pop up there. So I think that Florida form is something, you know, to, to look at guys who long-term just always play well in that swing. Um, they, they tend to kind of sometimes pop up at the open too. Basketball. Yep. I mean, just that whole stretch, really. Bay Hill, you know, um, maybe we should be looking into Bryson this week. I don't know. Maybe that's a guy we'll get to. Oh, Terrell Hatton. Yeah, I, I mean, everyone's going to be on Terrell Hatton this week for sure. So I think, uh, you know, he was in contention. A lot of people were on him last week. Interested to see what he does. Um, Hatton is – he plays out a really good year. Um I don't know. It's, you know, it's tough. You can't bet all the guys in that range or, or anything or play them all for DFS, but I would, you know, I, I wouldn't put anyone off getting some kind of exposure to Haddon. Um, he's had a really good year. It's just really, do you want to bet him over Fleetwood? Do you want to bet him with Fleetwood? Xander's at plus 2,500 on DraftKings. I'm just looking right now, like these are good names. So it, um, it's an interesting week. Definitely that 20 to 30 range. Um, I mean, I personally have already bet two guys in that range. And, um, you know, I, I think that that's probably a good starting point, if you're, especially if you're not going to take the, the dive on Scheffler or Rory. So I bet I bet one. I bet one. And uh, I'll wait. I'll wait till the end to announce my dad. But uh, OK, seemingly every time an open championship, the first thing we look at is the weather. And to be honest with you, uh, I just looked at the weather and uh, I think it's going to be a wet one and uh the wet one in the jolly old england this weekend so uh maybe that means good mud ball play and i'm thinking is this the week ricky fowler or jordan ricky fowler finally joins the major club and after congratulates every other player winning majors i mean look ricky's playing well enough to win a major right now i don't think there's any question um you know like again I mean, the, the, the form is there, you know, like the approach game has been there with Ricky. It's, it's just a question of like, you know, like to me, it's, it's not that I don't think that he can win, but in terms of exposure and, and betting and, and DFS, we're talking about, you know, like Ricky is basically at the peak right now. He's 9,800 on DraftKings for DFS. He's plus 2,500 on the sports book there. I think you're seeing his number potentially drift down a little bit. I think he was plus 2,000 to open on the odds. Um, but, you know, in that range, even a plus 2,500, like you're taking him, like Colin Morcow is a plus 3,500. You know, he's the, Ricky's the same price as Xander. These aren't schlubs. Like these are really elite players. And to me, I just, I, I just don't think it's a good enough price we're getting. This isn't the US Open where he's 60 to one. You're really paying a premium. So to me, like if, you, I guess if you were on Ricky and you want to you know, give him one more week, I think it would be okay. But personally for me, um, not necessarily the player I'll be diving in on at that price. If, if Fowler kind of beats me at plus 2,500, that's fine. Um, I'll take my lumps with Fleetwood. I mean, I, like you can make a similar argument there, but I, I, I just like the way Fleetwood's played of late. I think he's really trending to something, and I think that the links and this being the open, um, you can also just find him at a bit better price right now. I mean, he's 2,800 on DraftKings. I know you can probably find a three on – uh, plus 3,000 on, on Fleetwood, if you like. And he's cheaper on DraftKings, too, for DFS. So I'm kind of leaning Fleetwood there between the two. Um, but I like both those guys a lot. And uh, would not uh, well, sad me if either one won. 
You think you think Tommy Fleetwood could win at home? He's no, why not? Sure, he's playing great. Absolutely. I mean, he's like second. Is every time I watch Fleetwood play, he's T two, T three. I'm like, I'm like, of course he's gonna. Be. Everybody's gonna want him to win, just like a Roy or Roy at a Royal Port Rush a few years ago. And what happened? Roy didn't even make the cup. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, look, hey, the you know Fleetwood's played a lot of opens, and he's played them in England before. I don't think this is necessarily like. Um, you know, a, a new thing for him at, at this point. I mean, I don't think it's got the the sort of narrative that we had with Rory when it was in Northern Ireland, a poor rush. Um, I, I just think that Fleetwood's had a really good year and, you know, that everything in his game is, is, is piping right now. And um, I, I just think that, you know, the conditions, he, he just plays so well in the wind. He's got that low piercing ball flight, the around the green, the putter's been better. Um I think this is just represents a really good chance for him. I have no problem taking one more shot with him here, um, but I, I do like him. But you know, there's other players in this range. Jordan Spieth is a fantastic Open Championship player. Um, like I said, like Xander at plus twenty five. I know that there's a plus three thousands out there on Patrick Cantlay. Um, you know, Xander. Like it's funny because everyone at the the first few majors of the year. Oh, this is the time for Cantley and Shoffley. But now we're getting better prices on them, and it feels like they're not getting talked about as much. So, you know, I, I'm going to get exposure to at least one of those players. It's probably going to be Cantley um, for me, just because I think I can find a better number. And I'm not really too worried about the fact he missed the cut last week. He's another player who's played well in Florida. He's played well at Pebble Beach before. He's handled the win at the Shriners. Um, Cantley was playing really well up until last week, and he only missed this, the cut by by one. So. You know, if you can find a good number on him, a plus three thousand or bigger, I think that's fine. But yeah, this is uh, this is what happens during ma during um, major weeks, man. Like some of the quality names just go under the radar, and you know, by the end of the week, we're getting really good numbers. We're already starting to see that, especially in the betting. So, well, dating back to the last Open at um, Royal Liverpool in twenty fourteen, there was a certain Roy McIlroy lifting the Claret Jug and. Just think yesterday, he birdied the last two holes to beat Rockman McIntyre in the Scottish Open. So That hurt, that hurt me a lot. <laughs> not going to lie. You, you, have, you, have, you have a Bobby Mac ticket? I did, yeah. No, it was uh, – I, I slept through it because I slept in. I stayed up late the night before, so I didn't even see it. Like, I saw it on replay, but uh, I didn't even get up to hedge or anything. I just let it play. I didn't, I didn't think I'd be sweating Bobby McIntyre. I thought I'd be sweating Tommy Fleetwood, but – I still hit him top 20, top, top 10. And, and, you know, like I had an each way on him, but so it was a good week for, for Bobby Mack. But um, yeah, it was a little frustrating to see how it went down. Cause Rory, you know, you have your guy in the clubhouse in terrible conditions with a one shot lead. You figure you're going to get it done, but those were clutch shots by Rory. And definitely um, I think that we're seeing those clutch clutch shots at the top of the, the odds board right now um, have an effect. Cause Rory's right now the favorite of plus six, uh, 6,500 or sorry, six, uh, 650 uh, versus Scheffler plus 700. So uh, it's having an effect. I would say that, you know, you mentioned the players correlation off the top. I mean, both these guys have won players, but man, like the way Scheffler's hitting his irons right now, I, um, I, I, I could definitely see the argument there. The open is such a finicky event. Uh, definitely lends itself more to veteran players. I'm personally not betting either, but um, it, it would almost be a coin flip for me if you were to ask me to take which one. I know I, I'd probably just ride with Rory and the momentum, but uh, man, like th those guys are neck and neck for for best player right now. 
I mean, I mean, Roy, I mean, seemingly since May or June, Roy just hit another gear. Now, now the question is, can Roy get over the major jinx? Because seemingly every time Roy's in contention in the major, whether it be last year's open or the last two U.S. opens, seemingly finishes T2, T3, and he can't make a freaking putt. And by the way, what is Scotty Scheffler's biggest problem this year in not winning nearly what he should? Because every week, Scotty's like, T2 and this, T3 and this. And guess what Scotty Scheffler cannot do, which is the one issue I have with him this, potentially this week. Yeah, no, I mean, he can't, he can't putt. I mean, he's, he's, you know, he's like Luke List on steroids. I mean, he hits his irons better than anyone at a historic rate right now, but the putter's been a problem for him. I mean, he's 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 shown a little bit better with uh, just improvement with that club in a couple starts, but it's still not, like, it's not up there. Like, I mean, he, he could definitely just get worked on the greens by, like, guys like Cameron Smith, even Victor Hovland. So um, I guess the counter argument, though, is if Scheffler's putter does show up and catch fire, man, like, Goodbye. this thing might be over quickly, right? I mean, so that's the counter argument, but... Yeah, right now, that's kind of my argument with Rory. I mean, he seems to have found something last week. Will that translate into this week? It's tough to say, but um, Rory has definitely been a momentum player during his career. Um, a guy who generally, you know, puts together a couple top fives before he finally breaks through. But when he does break through, sometimes those wins can come in avalanches. So, um, like I said, I, I would slightly lean Rory here if you're choosing between the two. But, man, um, talk about neck and neck for, for top player this week. Yeah, by the way, do you remember the last guy to win the Scottish Open and then the Open in consecutive weeks? Of course I do. It was Phil Mickelson, 2013. I was uh, – and, and, look, that was one of the best Opens. I, I don't know if people remember that, but, like, I, I'm pretty sure Phil came in that year. You know, he'd never done well in the links. He got the Scottish Open win. And then that was a crazy Open because I can't – I think it was – I think it was Troon maybe. I can't remember the Muirfield. venue, but – It was which? Muirfield? Yeah. Muirfield. So, sorry. Um, and, um, but it was just jam packed going into Sunday. Like there was like 10 guys and they were all lead names. I think Scotty was up there. I think uh, Hideki, Adam Scott, I mean, not Sky Scheffler, obviously, but Hideki was in the mix. It's a couple other big names. I think DJ potentially Westwood. That was a really good open. And Phil just had a really great final round. Um, nobody expected him to win. Everyone was like, oh, Phil can't play the links. He'll never win one. And then he just kind of just popped. So, um, you know, all the all the weird things that have gone on with Phil Mickelson. That was a really cool moment. You know, he's had some of those, obviously, at uh, Key Island, too. But that's a major I'll always kind of remember, just for all the people in contention. And Phil just kind of coming out of nowhere to grab it. And then how about that 2016 Open where he and Henrik Sensen decided right. to just bliss, bliss yeah. the whole course. I mean, Phil shot, what, a 65, and Stenson was just – was just bombing everything, three-word ball yeah. striking, everything within two feet. Yeah, oh, that's that's another one. You're right. Um, There's basically a two-man duel, like, the, the entire weekend. It was crazy. And, again, like, the win kind of factors into some of these because I know, you know, the draw kind of cut some people off that year, if I remember correctly. And it's funny because the last time we've had um, – the last two times the event's been at Hoy Lake, you know, in 2006, um, I don't know if you remember or seen highlights, but the course just played so brown. It was dry. It was like 90 degree heat. There was no moisture on the course. It was a dirt bowl. And Tiger Woods just took a driving iron the entire event, got took out all the trouble out of play and just 
labeled the course with iron with great iron play and he won by a bunch of strokes and then it was a complete opposite in 2014 it was wet it was rainy there was a wave split and rory just kind of bombed it around took advantage of a soft course got to 1700 and kind of just waited out sergio and and uh, ricky so interesting to see how it's going to play it's definitely not going to be as dry it's cooler weather um there's some moisture on the course there's already been a bit of rain i think and it looks like the wind's going to be up so i think a little bit more of a traditional open this year um, could definitely see some wave splits. I don't think that the first two days, um, to me look like anything crazy, but right now, Saturday, um, could be a, a real event with some gusts up into the 35 mile per hour range. So, you know, the first, I don't know if there's going to be a huge wave split. It's interesting, but what you might see is some guys, if I had to guess right now, save some bullets for Saturday. Cause there could be some real movers in the early wave. If this afternoon wind gets up. That's uh, that's something I'm going to have my eye on right now. What do you what do you what year's open was stopped because literally it was so windy. I'm trying to remember. Twenty was it 2008 or 2000? 2011. Uh, that, that I don't remember. I remember the year Tiger had to go out like shot 80 in like a monsoon, and they forced people to play in like the worst weather possible, but. I, I don't remember when they've actually stopped it. I'm sure it's happened a couple times though. But uh, usually they don't they don't do the stoppages at the open unless it's uh, like you said the ball's moving. So, I mean, well they moved, well they basically moved the tee ties from the Scottish Open last weekend because they of, did. You know. They kind of wimped out. I, I I don't think they wanted to get a delay with the open being the next week. If I had to guess, but yeah, they usually don't move the tee times for the open. Do you uh do you would you prefer a big time driver or a ball striker? Because seemingly ball strikers done well. Yeah. With uh, Cam Smith, uh Morikawa, uh Lowry Mo uh, Lowry Molinari. I don't, I don't know what you call Jordan Speed. He's a bit of everything, right? Yeah. Um, I th I think the best way to put it would be, again, like it's it's not gonna play. I mean, I, I think it's a course where like everyone can have success, but if you if you don't have like that A game, you're not going to compete. Like you need to have the high end iron play, but I don't think you necessarily need to just pummel it off the tee. Um, I you, you just need to not be a disaster off the tee. You need to take the out of bounds out. You need to be a little bit smart. Um, but you know, you could you can play um, you know a little bit back as long as you have the iron play. Like Tiger basically did that in 2006. Um, he didn't, like I said, he was hitting iron off the tee all week and um, he just managed his way around the course. And if you have good, you know, mid to long irons, it's kind of like sawgrass and you're good around the greens. You can take the trouble out of the play if you can make up, make up for it. So I would say just more like the technical ball strikers, again, really just iron play a little bit of around the green um, and just guys who are trending well as, as, as pure ball strikers, but going to play a lot different than like we saw at the PGA where it was just, you know, the rough and, and you had to be a, as far down the tee as possible to, to even get it close to the green um, and, and just take double out of play. And I think the other thing about this course is like, there's going to be some guys who just, they're going fine. And then it's just that one, one mistake, you know, where it goes out of bounds or it goes into a gorse bush. And it's just like, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit randomness in that way. And I think the course is random, much like TPC Sawgrass is random where guys can be going good and then they miss the green on 17 and it's like a triple. And I think you're going to see some of that this week where everything's fine. And then all of a sudden it's not. So, um, like I said, high stress shots and you really just need players who, you know, 
confident with with their their irons more than anything um, to to kind of get the job done. And by the way, my advice: don't hit it in the bunkers. They all hazards in the UK. You will- yeah, they, I mean, look, <laughs> just don't hit it in the bunkers. That's that is good advice. Yeah, big bunkers here. They've they've redone um, some of them, and they're big. Like um, you know, I, they're not. Not all of them are necessarily like impossible to get out, but there are some pop bunkers on the fairways that will just cost you a stroke. And, um, you know, they're, they're not traditional U.S. greens. Uh, some of them are, are going to cost you a stroke. So, like you said, they play more like penalty areas here, and uh, I don't think Hoy Lake's going to be too much different. Well, under the uh, DK pricing, and uh, usually Mazer pricing's pretty soft, but this week DraftKings up the ante, uh, I have never. I don't think I've ever seen a 12k golf at a major. But uh, Scotty Scheffler is a uh, 12.5. Rory at 11.9. Ron 11.2. Cameron Smith 10.7. Brooks 10.4. Xander 10.1. And uh, Mr. Hovland at 10k. Uh, how how do you think that Scotty being 12.5 is going to bounce the line? Also, for the first time. They all golf is below six thousand dollars. So, how do you think this pricing change will make it? Uh, if you're playing the Millie Maker, one of the or one of these big time GPPs this week? Yeah. So, no, it's super interesting. So, it's funny when the golf products actually initially got released on DraftKings, they did have sub six K golfers like. Uh, for a lot of years, uh, for maybe the first two years, like you, you could get guys like as low as 5k. Um, and they're kind of bringing that back a little bit here. Like you said, I don't know if it's going to be long-term or just a one, not one off thing, but um, I think it's going to create some real interesting dynamics. I think, you know, even with the sub 6k golfers, I think what you'll see is that Rory and Scheffler just may not be that heavily owned. I think Rory will definitely be the heavier owned of the two, but like, I don't think they're going to be the most, dramatically owned players i think that more this is also going to push more ownership into certain players who are like really values in the low in the high 6k low 7k range guys like brian Harmon, maybe robert mcintyre is going to have a ton of ownership i've already seen podrick harrington popping in some projections which sounds crazy but it does make sense and the reason is because some of these top guys are now priced more where you need to have the value to go along with it and so these guys down below are going to get more attention um, but I, I also think that like, if you're using Scheffler and Rory, you know, I, I don't think a lot of people are going to dip down in the six, in the five game range. I just really think people are, Oh, these guys are all unplayable or it just, you know, it just don't feel like it's the right way to do it. Like, I think more people will build with Rory and Scheffler with the six K guys that I just laid out, but like a, a, a Scheffler and then a five K golfer, I think it's still going to be a really unique build um, for a lot of reasons. So I think it's a very interesting week and um, I, I love it. I mean, I, I think it's, it's cool. I like the pricing how they used to have it when they came out. I think this is better. So it gives you more options. You can still build balance if you want, but um, you know, if you can find the the right guy under six K, I mean, you know, you can potentially just start with Scheffler and another elite golfer and, um, and go from there. Like uh, I, I'm looking at the pricing right now. Matt Wallace is six K. Yep. And uh, who else would be one? Zach Johnson, 6K. Uh, how about Richard Bland being 6K? Remember his name? 
Yeah, no, Richard Bland. I, I mean, is he still playing on Live? I, I feel like he was injured this year or something. Um, I can't remember, but yeah, no, Bland. Uh, Blandy's had some 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 good finishes. Oh no, he was sixth. He's back. So okay, no, I I feel like he maybe took an event off or something. But no, Richard no, Bland, six no. K, um, can play. Uh, I like that call actually. If you're looking down there, I've been looking down below even these guys, and um, I mean, I'll, I think there's some some names here that get by the cut. My favorite is probably Matthew Southgate at 5600. Um, shot 61 in Denmark two weeks ago. You know, he missed the cut last week in Scotland, but he actually gained th- I think 3.6 strokes on approach. So he was hitting he's hitting the ball extremely well. He just lost a bunch of strokes putting. And the thing about Southgate is, you know, he's got a T12, a T4, a T10 in his last seven starts. So when he's been making the weekend, like he's been getting a lot out of it. And at 5,600, 5, like this is a player with two top 20 finishes in, in, in the open in his career. He's English. He's a really good links player. He won an amateur at St. At St. Andrews uh, in 2010. And, you know, 5,600, like if you, if Southgate gets you over the weekend, I mean, he, I, he legitimately, he's playing well enough to potentially get like a top 20, which would just be massive. So he's kind of my target um, down there. There's a couple other names I don't hate. Uh, Jorge Campillo um, is, is another guy uh, at 5,700. He was playing really well for a stretch. I think that, again, when you're just targeting upside, he made the cut last week too. I, I think Campillo is, is definitely someone you could take a look at. You know, Charles Schwartzel has been a good open player. He's been a good Sawgrass, uh, some good results at Sawgrass. He does, he's not playing great, but again, 5,800. I mean, this is a veteran course, a veteran just kind of event, really. If Charles gets you through the cut, I mean, he's another player who's just got top 20 upside. So I think there's and, a lot of players. And, and former and former Master Champ, seemingly Master Champ, maybe not the coalition from Augusta to Royal Liverpool compared to St. Andrews, but Master Shane's tend to do well at the open. I mean, he's he's got a ton of experience. And like you said, I mean, he's just, he's a quality player still. He's only 38. I, I really wouldn't have a tr- trouble with him. There's there's probably a, a couple other names here that I've, I'm glossing over to. Rosner. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I, it really depends how crazy you want to get. But uh, I definitely think that like a Scheffler... Southgate kind of start or Scheffler, whoever you like down there, kind of start Schwartzel, whatever, um, is viable this week. And I, I'm really interested to see how it plays out. I mean, Cage leaves 6,300. And that's the thing. There's there's cheap guys, you know, just in the low sixes, right? Like we got Cage, Lee. Paddy is 66. Yeah, Podrick's up there. Thorbjorn Olsen, though. Uh, Perez, Grio. Gr- those guys are all 66. I mean, Grio could, you know, you can make the argument. He should be 7K, 7,300. Like, I know his, his open championship record is there's a lot of missed cuts, but there's a couple of top 20s on there too, if I remember. So, Olsen, same thing, you know, up and down player, but he putted well last week. I really wouldn't have too much trouble taking a shot with either of those guys. They're very boomer bust. But, like, again, like Southgate, like these guys get make you the cut. I mean, Sky's the limit because they are absolutely live to, to top 20, especially on a course like this where it's not PGA. They're not going to get bogged down by the rough. Like Olison and, and Grio can compete on a course like this. So um, there, there are some names down here. Definitely worth your while. How about Jordan Smith, T20 at the U.S. Open? 
Jordan Smith's a good young player, man. Um, yeah, 12th last week. I mean, I think Smith is one of those names that'll probably, um, you know, with McIntyre, um, get some love this week for good reason. Um, you know, I, I think that Jordan Smith probably makes sense just as a Robert McIntyre pivot just on his own, because I, I, I do expect Robert McIntyre to potentially be um, one of the highest owned players this week. I mean, everyone just saw him come, you know, almost win his national open. Everyone knows he's a good links player or think they know he's a good links player now. Cause they saw him last week, you know, almost win in Scotland and he has a really good quality on player. I'm definitely not saying he's not, but you know, Jordan Smith is, is quality as well. And um, you know, if you're talking about, you know, McIntyre potentially being like 25% owned, maybe higher and Jordan Smith being like a fourth, the ownership of that, you know, I, I don't, I'm not even sure. Like I, Jordan Smith would to me is like, I think it's a coin flip just straight up between those two players, no prices involved. So if you're getting a, a huge discount, like a quarter of the ownership, like Jordan Smith would have to be where it's at for me. So, um, you know, we can argue about the talent, but if, if there's going to be that big uh, uh, a, a discrepancy in ownership, you're going to want to take Jordan Smith, uh, at least in my opinion. All right, quickly uh, talk about your guy, Louie. Uh, obviously, we know what's happened going to live, but what what do you think about Louie this week? I mean, he's 6,900. You know, Louie will probably get a, a little bit of love here just because it's the open, and he, and he does tend to, to play well here. But, I, I mean, I've seen flashes from him on live. He's not done well in any of the majors. Well, I, I guess he actually did. Oh, no, he pulled out of the PGA, so he's really only played the Masters. Um, he played well last week. I'm sure that'll get a few eyes on him. Again, like, I, I guess I don't hate Louie as like the McIntyre pivot. I think Robert McIntyre, as as good as he did for me last week, I think with just all the hoopla that he's going to get and all the love and potentially pushing to be the heaviest player in this range and potentially one of the top three owned players in like a Millie maker on DraftKings, I do think Louie makes sense as a pivot play, but he's not the only player down here. Um, I think Usti's probably got a nice floor, but even guys like Smith, um, Lingasque, Romain Lingasque, and another you know French players played really well. These guys have similar upside to Louis, so I don't think Usti should be your only stop here. But he's definitely one of like two or three players here who I do like as a pivot off of McIntyre, um, and and I would definitely be looking to to make that pivot. So, all right, Jeff. Uh, before before I talk about my bets, I want to hear your bets because uh, yeah, for sure, man. How many guys do you have in your betting card right now this Monday evening? So, uh, you know, I, I split them into long shots, and uh, you know, I, I got a couple guys circled that I'm going to be watching. But right now, you know, I, I got some some sort of parlay action done on on Victor Hovland with Wimbledon. And I may add a little bit more to it, but I, I definitely didn't want to leave Hovland out of the betting card this week. I just think he's shown too well in the majors. And I just think, you know, coastal course, where he's won before, Mexico, Puerto Rico, it just makes too much sense. I obviously have Tommy Fleetwood on the card, plus 2,800. I'm happy with that. Um, after that, you know, again, I've got my eye on a few players. Um potentially Patrick Cantlay. I may even potentially look to, to target Bryson who again has played well in Florida. Like uh, Bryson doesn't get thought about as an open championship player, but he was top 10 at this event last year. He's won in Florida before he's actually finished top five at the players. 
like if I can get like 60 to one on Bryson or maybe even better, I, I will probably add that. The guy I did add whose price I looked a couple hours ago, he's still at a hundred to one or he was at a hundred to one. Okay. on DraftKings. It's Hideki Matsuyama. Actually he's drifted down oh. to plus 8,000. Um, even a plus 8,000. I just, I just think Hideki is a little bit underpriced here. I added him um, earlier in the day as an each way, just for the top eight. And I mean, you know, he missed the cut of Detroit, but you look at what he's been doing before that. The ball striking has been immaculate. He's a player who's played the Open multiple times. I mentioned that 2013 Open Championship. He's been in contention before at these events. He knows what he's doing. He's playing really good golf. You know, again, outside of one round at Detroit, which I don't really care too much about. Um, fifth at the players, 16th Masters. He's made the cut in all three majors. I just think the price... It just isn't really reflecting the eliteness of the player. You know, we're talking about a major winner whose ball striking has been fantastic. And he's priced at like, you know, double Shane Lowry, double Justin Rose. Like, no, I mean, Hideki is, Hideki should be like 5,000. Like he should be, he should probably be the same price as Justin Rose. I mean, he's, he is way underpriced. Uh, I think he's just a great, great value at, Really, anything above plus six thousand, I think. Uh, unfortunately, Florida doesn't have to go bet, but I did make two bets before the Masters when I was in Illinois last week. Uh, bet Victor Hovland. You know me. You know me. I think I love Victor Hovland, especially what he did at the Open last year, what he did at Augusta, what he did at the PGA. A win's coming in a major. And literally the last thing I did in Illinois was make a bet on Jason Day at 90 to 1. I think he's like 110 now, but I'm like, yeah. I, I I'm not a, I'm not banking for much. I know Jason Day's been but been awful since winning the Byron Nelson, but I, I can't believe it. I saw him at 90 and I'm like, woof, sign me up. I mean, I, I saw some people posting like 150 to one. So I, I mean I like I, I think it's now. I think it's a fine player to take a shot with. I really do. I mean, you know, if his putter shows up, if he's feeling good out there, there's there's just a lot of upside with Jason Day. I, I took a shot with Sibu Kim as well, a plus 125. Or, or, or sorry, 12,500. Um, I, I, Siwoo just, I think he has got a ton of upside as well. Another player's winner. But the iron game from Siwoo has been consistent all year. The the ball striking with, with Siwoo, great all year. We know he can play around the green. He's just if he brings some confidence with that long putter he's using now, or just find some confidence on the greens. Period. I mean, this guy can absolutely compete. We saw him get up there in the in the, the memorial. Uh, you know, bounce back from double bogey after double bogey with just a bunch of birdies. I just think he's got way too much upside to be ignored at like 125 to one. And he's played well all year, in my opinion. So that's a long shot. I took a, a shot with Chris Kirk today as well, plus. Twenty thousand or something um, in that area. He played well last week. Again, winner in Honda. Um, Chris Kirk was like top twenty, I think, at this event too in two thousand fourteen. So, I mean, at the very least, has some good vibes coming from that. But um, another long shot. And then I mentioned Matthew Southgate already, but I, I, Matthew Southgate top twenty on DraftKings is like plus one thousand. I may even try and find a better number than that, but um, definitely just threw a couple dollars on Southgate for fun. Um, but yeah, th those are kind of the main guys I've targeted thus far. I got my eye on Cantlay, Bryson. Um, we'll see what else transpires, but 
I definitely like the, you know, Hideki, Siwu, and Kirk. I mean, um, I, I think those guys make a lot of sense for kind of some different reasons, but, um, you know, the prices on, on all of them just seem out of whack to me a little bit and uh, want to take advantage. So, I mean, JT, I mean, Justin Thomas, eight even one. I mean, if he could, oh, if he man. could, I mean, if, he could fall, if only problem with JT right now is if he, well, there's a lot of problems with JT right if now. If he fell off a boat, he wouldn't end up in the English Channel in the North Sea. I think, yo, to me, like I looked at Justin Thomas, but to, I just like Hideki more. He's he's got a lot of open experience, man. Um, and he's like more, I said, more consistent this year, like JT's. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, with JT, you're basically, I like you're you're hoping like everything comes together. With Hideki, I think you're just really just hoping that the putter just wakes up. And I, I think that that is. <laughs> you know, we're, we're talking one thing versus like three things for JT. So, uh, I I do like the the number that we're getting on Hideki. Like I said, you know, with, with Hideki too, like he's shown us in the majors, like he can, he's played well. He hasn't popped. He hasn't like necessarily competed or anything, but he's played well. Justin Thomas has, has had like one good start. I mean, he has not played well in any of those events. So um, yeah, to me, like it was a pretty easy decision to go Hideki over Thomas at those same prices. All right, Jeff, we've done all open preview. Look at weather, look at bets, look at, Open history. Who is your one and done for the 2023 Open at Royal Liverpool, Hoy Lake, whatever you call it? <laughs> a Hoy Lake. Um, I, I'm going to go with, you know, I'm, I'm torn between picking, like, again, for a one and done. It, it would probably be between, if I had Scheffler or McElroy, obviously we burned them. But, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more from, from my betting perspective. I would, I would go with Hovland or, or Tommy. I'm going to take Tommy Fleetwood. I just feel like he's been crescendoing to something big. I really think the conditions here are, are going to go well with him. I think it's a good course for him as well. Um, I think it's going to take some of the power players out of, you know, just out of their element a little bit and give a guy like Fleetwood just a little bit of a better chance. So I'll go with Tommy. I'll take, I'll take VH. Seemingly, uh, what is it? The last trying to think since since Ernie Ellis won the 2012 Open, I believe the last nine Open winners have been first-time Open champs. Well, you know what? That number's going to be 10. That number's going to be 10. With Victor Hoffman lifting the Claret jump. I could see it. Absolutely, man. I mean, he has played so well in the majors. Um, Got to love the the setup. You know, another seaside venue for Vic. <laughs> Played well, played well, Pebble. Played well over the world. And you know what? If Victor Hoffman wins a major, it's probably going to be the Open. I, I think it probably re does represent his best chance right now. I mean, I, I think he could definitely get it done at, you know, uh, another one of the – any of them really. But uh, I think you're right. Like right now for him, the, the Open's probably uh, – I, I think sets up the best. All right, Jeff. Thanks for hopping on, and uh, hopefully, uh, you can hopefully maybe Canada can lift the Stanley Cup just like one of these guys will lift the Claire Jug this weekend. Yeah, maybe maybe in 20, 2050 or something we'll get a, another one here. I I'm not holding my breath, man. Thanks for the shout out to Canada, though. Appreciate it. <laughs>